Yada, it didn't matter, okay? Nehemiah wasn't going, Nehemiah was focused. Um, and there were many challenges that Nehemiah faced, not, not just this. Um, he was tempted with distraction, intimidation, rebellion from within, political pressure, outright violence, yet he never wavered from the task at hand. How was he able to maintain this sort of focus on the work that God had given him? Or even more, how can we learn from him to exhibit this kind of focus in the work God has given us? And what was Nehemiah's motivation? Okay. Uh, we can look back to chapter 1 to figure that out. Um, verses 2 through 4 says, Hanani, one of my brothers, arrived with men from Judah, and I questioned them about Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. They said to me, the remnant in the province who survived the exile are in great trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's wall has been broken down and its gates have been burned down. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. See, see what Nehemiah was fired up about? Um, do you see what fueled his fire? It, it was, he was moved by emotion. He was moved by his passion for his people and for his homeland. Um, his focus was fueled by his passion. And now, one important side note here, this isn't one of those just follow your heart kind of pieces of advice or just go with your gut. Um, that's, that's, not a, that's not what I'm saying here. Nehemiah didn't immediately have a knee-jerk reaction based on this feeling. Okay? He took the emotion to God. He spent a number of days, it says, in prayer and fasting. In fact, it was something like four months before he took action. Okay? Not every emotion requires action, okay? But God sent, God approved emotion reveals our passion and that requires our action. Um, passion matters to God. When asked what the most important commandment was, Jesus answered, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The word heart here figuratively is talking about your thoughts or feelings, okay? Uh, we're to commit that <laughs> to loving God. In Revelations, Jesus rebukes the church of Laodicea for lacking passion. Okay? Jesus himself, in fact, lived passionately. He was passionate for God and his people. Um, he did the Father's will and only the Father's will. And he went all the way with it. No shortcuts, no compromises, uh, no fence-sitting, no deterrence. Uh, he was all in, and that changed everything for eternity. So, are you all in? Am I all in? Are you living a passion-fueled, focused life? Um, if not, well, what, what's keeping us from that? What keeps us from, uh, from that passionate, focused life? Okay? So, uh, like a good boy, I've identified three things to... Um, that cause us to lose focus, okay? Three things that take our eye off the ball, so to speak. Um, three passion killers. And the first one is fear, okay? Uh, when it comes to living out our passion, fear is a huge deterrent. Uh, and, and there's lots of things to be afraid of. Um, 
we could be afraid that people will think we've gone completely off the deep end kinds of crazy. Uh, You don't have to worry about if that'll happen. If you're living a focused, passionate life, I guarantee you that'll happen. Stop worrying about it. Um, Because the truth is, people don't get it. Um, The world doesn't get it. Um, In Acts 26, uh, Paul is before... Agrippa and Festus, and he's laying out his defense. Well, it's, you could call it a defense. You could also call it a sermon. He's basically trying to convert them um, by talking about his conversion. Verses 24 through 25 of Acts 26 says, uh, As he was making his defense this way, Festus exclaimed in a loud voice, You are out of your mind, Paul. Too much study is driving you mad. But Paul replied, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. On the contrary, I'm speaking words of truth and good judgment. See, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 through 24. says, For the Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and foolishness to those Gentiles. Yet... To those who, call, who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. Okay? They don't get it. They don't get it until they're called, until the Spirit takes work. And then Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts, there it is again, and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? People will think we're crazy. Okay? Um, maybe you've known somebody who was so passionate about something, you're like, they have lost their mind, okay? And sometimes it's not always a good thing, okay? Um, we, it has to be remembered, God focused, God directed, God approved passion. We also might fear setbacks and failures, okay? What if we mess up? Well, there's another one you can stop worrying about because that's another certainty. And Paul talks about his struggle uh, with doing what's right in Romans 7. And in verse 19, he says, for I, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Eh? Oh, we're bound to make mistakes along the way as we're living passionately. Um, so stop worrying about it. It's going to happen. Eh? Um, there are other things that we fear as well. We fear... Um, we fear that that thing we're working so passionately toward and pouring ourselves into will go unnoticed. Um, We fear that despite our best efforts, we may not be successful, or at least not successful in the way that man measures success. But the thing is, fear kills passion, and fear renders us ineffective. Um, when Gideon has his army and God says, oh, that's too big of an army, first thing he does is uh, in Judges 7, he says to send home the ones who are fearful. And 22,000 guys said, oh, that's me, I'm out. Okay? And um, they went home. They left the fight. They eliminated themselves from the battle. And they missed out on being part of a victory. Their fear was greater than their faith. But see, that doesn't have to be us. Okay? Um, there's a difference between being afraid and succumbing to fear. Okay? Being afraid is a natural emotional reaction to something that's unfamiliar or unexpected or unknown. Fearfulness is letting that emotion control you. 
And that's where the choice comes in. Second okay? uh, Timothy 1.7, love it, says, For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Um, second thing that will um, take the passion out of us, take us off focus, is distractions and deceptions. I lump those two together. Um, distractions disguised as passions are deceiving us. And there are so many distractions for us these days. Um, speaking of distractions, while we were on vacation, while well, you got to go to Universal Studios, we were waiting in line with Liam so that he could get a picture with Megatron. And um, as we were waiting, we were thoroughly entertained by the Megatron character interacting with the people in line. It was great. Um, one teen boy a little ways in front of us as he is waiting in line he had a smartphone with his headphones in. when it got to be his turn he went up and uh megatron says to him uh why are you wearing headphones human you're at an amusement park is that not stimulation enough for you uh, <laughs> we got a pretty good laugh but but that does highlight something about our culture uh we are so hungry for stimulation and this sensory overload will distract us from our focus and our passion. Okay. Um, Psalm 46.10, the beginning of that verse says, Be still and know that I am God. Okay. Um, when we're constantly busy and over busy and distracted and stimulated, we are not being still. And in that, I think we forget who God is. Okay? Um, be still and know that I am God. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27, um, talks about the heart again. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. Don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Consider carefully the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left, Keep your feet away from evil. Um, We already read in Nehemiah how he would not be distracted. Uh, Daniel, another great example um, of this, he was submerged in the middle of Babylon. He uh, was engulfed by their culture and bombarded by their education and tempted by their appetites. But Daniel was not distracted. I think this brings up an important point here, and that is that enjoyment does not equal passion. Okay? Um, we're not called to be happy. We're not promised happiness, and we are not pers- to be pursuing enjoyment. Okay? That's, um, uh, that's a popular myth, I think, these days. Oh, God just wants me to be happy. Well, I'm going to leave them because I'm unhappy, and God would want me to be happy. I don't recall that. We're called to be holy. Okay? Um, so, this is tough. How do I know if I'm distracted? How do I know if I'm deceived? Okay? The very definition of those means you don't know, right? If I'm distracted and deceived, I don't know I'm distracted and deceived because then I'd be in the know. Okay? Um, so, Here's how we can keep us from falling into that. Let's stick to the playbook. Okay? James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
If we're in the Word and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, doing what it says, meeting together and talking about it, praying to God about it, if we're being doers of the Word, um, it's going to be tough to pull the mask, pull the fleece over our eyes. Okay? Um, the third passion killer um, is complacency and laziness. Uh, and these two things are often lumped together because from the outside looking in, they look very similar, okay? Somebody who's complacent, somebody who's lazy. Um, uh, but, but they're not quite synonymous. Uh, complacency is a smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. Um, that sounds a lot like pride, okay? I, I'm good, okay? I'm good enough. I Jules and anybody who's played basketball for me knows one of my favorite quotes is the biggest enemy of great is good. Okay? Because if you are happy with being good, you're, you're going to stop working for greatness. Okay? Um, the Bible has a few things to say about complacency. We're going to hit a few of those. Uh, Zephaniah 1.12 um, I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. They think they're untouchable. They just sit there in the middle of their yuck thinking, what? Right? I'm good. Right? God, uh, he don't care. Right? He's looking right past me. Um, Jeremiah 49, 31 and 32 says, Go up and attack that complacent nation, says the Lord. Its people live alone in the desert without walls or gates. They're not ready. They're unprepared. Without walls or gates, their camels and other livestock will all be yours. I will scatter to the winds these people who live in remote places. I will bring calamity upon them from every direction, says the Lord. Okay? Um, in Zephaniah, we, we saw that, that complacency led to punishment. Here we see complacency leads to calamity. Uh, Proverbs one thirty two says, For the turning away of the inexperienced will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Complacency leads to destruction. Okay. We already mentioned the church in Laodicea, but we'll read the verses there. Uh, Revelation 3, 15-17 says, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, I have become wealthy and need nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Okay? Complacency for them leads to rejection. Laziness, okay, that's complacency. Laziness is, looks the same, but it's a quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. Idleness. Okay? Uh, there's like 30 proverbs <laughs> or more that uh, tackle the topic of laziness. Uh, proverbs 13.4 says, The slacker craves, yet has nothing, but the diligent is fully satisfied. And Romans 12.11 says, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And Solomon in Ecclesiastes uh, says, 1018, 
says, Because of laziness, the roof caves in, and because of negligent hands, the house leaks. Um, We could spend all day just reading verses dealing with laziness. Um, But we see here that it's something that's frowned upon, right? Um, So again, how can we identify complacency and laziness within myself? Um, It's another one of those uh, traps that if you're stuck in complacency, you, you, you don't always know it because the very definition of it makes you think that you're good, you're well off, you're fine, okay? Um, So uh, there's a few marks to find as you're examining yourself um, out if you're complacent or lazy. And one of them is that your aim is to meet other people's expectations, okay? Um, A symptom of this is that you'll experience little or no growth, Okay? And another symptom of this is that good is good enough. Okay? So, and the cure for this is to do what's hard for you. Okay? Shoot for God's expectations, not other people's expectations. Colossians 3.23 tells us, Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Okay? If you're... Biggest achievement is to uh, make me happy or your parent happy or your boss happy. Um, you're shooting pretty low, okay? Um, God has some great plans in store for us, okay? If that's our aim, if that's our, <clears throat> if we're shooting for that expectation, um, we're going to excel. We're going we're gonna to reach our potential that way, okay? Another way to identify if you're complacent or lazy is if you're known for what you're not. And what I mean by that is you have a long list of I do nots, but not very many on your list of I do's. And we can cure this by instead of spending energy in avoiding sin, place that energy in pursuing God. Psalm, Psalm 1, 1. The Psalms start out, with this, how happy is a man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or join a group of mockers. Okay, that's verse 1. But it doesn't stop there. Okay? Those are things not to do. It goes on in verse 2 to tell us instead, his delight is in the Lord's instructions and he meditates on it day and night. Okay? It has some do-nots, but instead, here's what you do. Replace them with that. Don't just spend your life avoiding things. Um, pursue God. And as you go down that path, uh, sin doesn't belong there. Um, The third uh, way to identify if you've fallen trap to complacency or laziness is you excuse instead of excel. A symptom of this is you're quick to compare yourself to others. Um, And the cure to this is simply make a commitment to grow. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, For we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves, but in measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. Galatians 1, 10 says, For am I now trying to win the favor of people or God? Am I, or am I striving to please people? 
if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave to Christ. We have, um, again, we have a, a higher calling than to meet the expectations of other people. We have a higher calling than to outdo our neighbor. Okay? We have a set of expectations that God wants us to shoot for. Okay? So uh, fear, distractions and deceptions, complacency and laziness. Three things that will rack our focus. Okay? Um, so, so now that we know what not to do, I just got done talking about, so what should we do? Okay? So I also have uh, three items here um, to help us dial in our focus, okay? to help us feed the fire of passion. And uh, three things that will keep us on our A game, so to speak. Okay? And so the first A game attribute is attitude. See what I did there? A game. Uh, is attitude. Okay? Uh, see, the fact is we're all going to get lumps and we're all going to get bumps. And none of us can predict the future. But we have a God who already exists in that future. Um, we'll have high highs and big days and proud moments. Okay? For, we'll have smiles on graduation stages and father-daughter dances and healthy babies screeching in delivery rooms and whatever your life is, you have these high highs. But between those high highs, we may also have some lumps and bumps along the way. Okay, That's sad. <laughs> and it's not pleasant to talk about. But the truth is that uh, people fail us. Okay? A spouse might fail us, might leave us. Okay? Those headaches might be more serious than you thought they were. Uh, your dog could get hit by a car in the street. Okay? That's not a happy thought. But your friends could betray you or get caught up with the wrong people and desert you. Okay? Um, your loved one could get cancer. Your dad or mom could turn mean. Okay? People do things. Um, and there are times in life when you feel as though you've been tossed in a well with twists in your stomach and holes in your heart. And when that bad news washes over you and when that pain soaks in, I just really hope that you feel like that you've always got a choice. Because you do. You can swirl and twirl in the gloom and doom forever or you can grieve and then face the future with confidence because he can shoulder our worries. Okay? Having a great attitude is about choosing option number two. No matter how difficult it is and no matter what pain hits you, choosing to move forward, to move on, to take baby steps into the future that God has laid before us, focus on the positive, purge the negative. Keep a journal. You knew I was coming, didn't you, youth? Keep a journal. Erect monuments, set up milestones, and always, 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 Give credit to God. Okay. Um, anytime you're talking about attitude, Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Right? <laughs> Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts, hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Attitude. Okay, the second A game attribute is awareness. Okay, awareness. Um, be aware. Okay, be present. It's too easy to just set it on autopilot and cruise through our day moving from one distraction to the next. Well, stop. <laughs> uh, Liam has just recently turned four, no longer a toddler, I suppose. Um, but... It's been fascinating to watch him, and Arya too, when she was a toddler. Um, I love the way toddlers see the world because they're seeing everything for the first time. Even if it's the third or fourth time, a lot of times they think it's the first time. Um, I love the way that three-year-olds can just stare at a bug crossing the sidewalk, or I love the way that they'll stare amazed at a baseball game with wide eyes soaking in the crack of the bat and the crunch of the sand and the smell of the popcorn. I love the way that they'll just spend meticulous time picking dandelions as though, uh, and present them as though they're a delicate bouquet. And I love the way that they see the world because they are seeing it for the first time. Having a sense of awareness is about embracing your inner three-year-old, Right? Um, because you all used to be three years old and that three-year-old is part of you still and they're in there and being aware is about remembering that everything you saw, you've once seen for the first time too. There was a first time you walked by an open door of a bakery and smelled the bakery air and there was a first time where you put on last winter's coat and went, huh? 20 bucks, found money. Uh, but then, because you're not three anymore, we can also be aware that we're part of a bigger picture. Something much bigger than ourselves, part of God's tapestry. But instead of being overwhelmed and feeling ins- insignificant, realizing that we are all an integral part of that, then maybe, just maybe, that breeze that carried the aroma of the bread blew just for us. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself according to his favor and will. The third A-game attribute is authenticity, okay? Authenticity. Just be yourself. No, no, that's not what I mean. Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Okay? Stand out. Okay? We're not just mindless drones following, following, okay? We're better than that. We were made to be better than that. And we have the choice to be better than that. John 1.12 tells us, But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe on his name. Okay? We get to choose to be more than what this world thinks we can be. Okay? Um, 
So we talked about three passion killers and three A-team attributes. I call A-game attributes, A-team. So let me just finish up here with uh, four, they're difficult questions to help us refocus, okay? Um, So, and I challenge the youth with these questions once every couple of months. So they'll probably recognize these. But first one, what areas of my life do I not care about that I know I should care about? Okay? What areas of my life do I not care about that I know I should care about? Okay? And what areas have I fallen short of God's standards and my own potential? Okay? What areas have I fallen short of God's standards and my own potential? Okay? Not mom's standards, God's standards. Not teachers, not pastors, God's. In what areas have I settled for just getting by when I know I could do so much better if I tried? Okay? Or are we just squeaking by? All right? Not giving the effort. And then the fourth one. In what areas have I decided that things will always be this way without ever putting in the kind of effort that really changes things? Okay? Where have you thrown in the towel? Where have you just said, well, I was born that way. That's just the way I am. Okay? That's just how, that's how God made me. Okay? God did make us that way. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. Um, as I wrap up here, and um, i just going to pray, and we have another song or two to sing, I'm sure. Um, just... I, I, Let's, let's take it out of cruise control, okay? Let's, um, let's bring in the passion, bring in the focus um, to what we do in our day. If there's something that doesn't relate to our mission, if there's something that is what making our focus waver, get rid of it, okay? Um, cut it out, okay? And if you think that what I'm talking up here is crazy because... It's new to you because you're not sure that you really have ever been challenged with what a truly passionate life is all about. Um, let us know. Come on up here and we can, um, we can pray with you and we can, well, God can open your heart to passion like you've never known before. Okay? And if you're a, a Christian who maybe your just heart hasn't been in it very much lately, okay? Um, and we're offering you the opportunity here to set that right. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this morning and thank you for your word. Um, Lord, it can certainly be hard to swallow at times and convicting at times. Pray that as we uh, process what we've heard today that we'll allow it to change us and work in us, Lord have us have a renewed passion, a renewed focus, a renewed vigor for you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.